Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of One of These Years. Detroit Lions offseason rolls on. I'm, of course, Nick Baumgartner. Back from Phoenix is Colton Pouncey. It, Colton, was it Phoenix or was it somewhere else? In Arizona? It was Phoenix, no. yes. yes sir. Phoenix, okay. I didn't want to shortchange whatever <laughs> palace the owners' meetings was in this year. Uh, it's crazy. I believe last year it was at the Breakers. <laughs> Yep, resort? that's what people kept saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what the it's hell? It's alternate like... <laughs> between these different resorts every other year. Um, <laughs> I mean, man, you want to get crazy. a real glimpse of uh, what the what the people who run the NFL are? <laughs> like, it, they live yeah. in a world that is just like nobody else sees it, right? Man, so, yeah, how so, was your trip? How was the whole thing? It was great. It was It was like, I kind of looked around just like, why am I here? <laughs> like, I don't belong here. <laughs> yeah, right. You feel a little out of place. At those, um, right? Yeah, because it was, it was held at the Arizona Biltmore. <laughs> yes, very underdressed. It was at the uh, Arizona Biltmore, which is like a walled off. Wow, uh, yeah. Yep. Spot. And like we we're over there. I get is me, Alec Lewis, our Vikings writer, Charlotte Carroll, who covers the Giants for us. Us three were kind of hanging out for most of the week. And we decided to head over like Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And we're just like looking around this place. And I'm just like, this is like a twelve hundred dollar a night hotel. Yeah, <laughs> like right. we're not staying here, but we're at we're at like a Spring Hill Suites. We're, we're like, across know, the street at Spring away. Hill. Yeah, yeah this is a little out of our price range, but <laughs> it was still uh, like we're we're here at this event, and we're just like, all right, so we're just gonna be posted up here for like the next three days, yeah. watching all these billionaires like operate and go back and forth and talk to each other Correct. and have these side meetings. I'm just like, this is insane. Um, so we get there Sunday night, and they're like setting up uh, for the big Monday party, which. I kind of mm-hmm. heard about before this event, like talking to some people like, you know, down at the combine, they're like, oh, right. what you really want to go to is the owner's meeting. It's like, there's so much stuff going on there. That's what you want to be at. Yep. And I'm like, all right, but this the combine is pretty cool. Like, what what am I going to get out of that? You know? Right. And then we get we get here and uh, I'd ask Chris in, in Slack, like, so what should I be expecting from this like Monday night party? And he was like, imagine if Roger Goodell were the great Gatsby. <laughs> That's <laughs> and like, it. And like... <laughs> I started laughing so hard when I read that, and I was telling everyone that that was a cop for that, like that had not done this before. And then we all get there, and we're just like, "Yeah, that checks out." Yeah. <laughs> that like sounds about hour, right. Like open bar for four hours is like all you can eat, like steak and like a seafood bar, and yeah, I don't even know, like like <laughs> a live ridiculous. music band, like yeah, it's just insane. You're looking around, you see all these billionaires, and you're just like, I don't belong here, but uh, yes. this is yeah, yeah. Part, of, part of the job, I guess, and. You know, we did get like some valuable stuff out of it. Talking to oh, absolutely, That's Campbell a great and Rodwood. So it was, it was honestly, I think it's more valuable in terms of like what we do than mm-hmm. the combine. Just like you know, catching up with the head coach and then the GM, and then also just talking to other people while you're at the, yeah. that event. It's like a lot more condensed. Which you know, I the mean, combine's a circus, but this is like hyper focused. Yeah. And I think it was you know, for someone who hasn't done before, I, I found it really beneficial, even if it was just jarring being at this like 
resort that I very much yeah. cannot afford. <laughs> and I think exactly right. <laughs> I think that's changed in the last maybe ten years. Other people who've been around the league closer every year would know it better. Like Chris would have a better perception than me. But like ten years ago, when I first started going to the combine, they had the owners' meetings. But like a lot of that sort of stuff was done at the combine. You know what I mean? A lot of those like meetings and decisions. The rich people would be at the combine. Like a lot of that was done there. And you were talking about that before we started recording. And I think you're dead on. Like that has now become because like, we saw this is now the second or third year, at least, where multiple coaching staffs have just skipped the combine. Mm-hmm. Um, head coach is not going. Uh, you know, a lot of coaches that went were only there for a brief period of time. They came in and out. It's just not you're not getting the value out of it anymore as the NFL's turned that into a TV production. And yep. so a lot of the nerve center stuff is truly done at the owners meetings. And so I'm really glad the athletic invests in that because that is, Me I too. used to, you know, it's one of those events that, you know, we have everybody there, I think, right? Like we had all the beat writers were there. Pretty much. Like that. Some yeah. that we have two beat writers on, they didn't send both, but for the most right. part, everyone was there. Yeah. yeah. For the most part, everybody was there that really covers the team, which that more than anything else uh, I think, and I would argue, coupled with our draft coverage, but that more than anything else, that we are present at things like that as an entire staff is why our coverage, I think, is just way better than anything else you're going to get anywhere else. Because that really, where you were at this last week is where all the juice, I think, these days sort of comes comes from. You know what I mean? Like, And you got a lot this week. We got a lot of decent stuff to talk about here. I guess my I want to start, um, what was your sort of biggest... Takeaway or maybe most interesting thing you heard, be it maybe from Holmes um, or from Campbell or even from uh, Rod. I know Rod Wood talked uh, about a bunch of stuff, too, that was interesting, I'm sure, as well. Yeah, I mean, the general sense I got was that they're ready to go. Like, yeah, it seems like they, they believe I the agree. rebuild's like finally coming to an end. And you can see that with some of the some of the moves they made, some of the, um, you know, talking about talking to Holmes for a little bit, um, mm-hmm. even off to the side, uh, he mentioned sort of. Uh, the defense and kind of the, the secondary pieces that they added and what that will do for Aaron Glenn and things he likes to do um, stylistically, um, you know, just playing man coverage, you know, being able to blitz with some of these dudes, like, yeah, man. just the different packages. You, like there's, they can be really multiple on this defense and the versatility of that secondary too. like Cam Sutton, you can move him inside. You can put him on the outside, mm-hmm. Gardner Johnson, you can put him at nickel, you can put him at safety. Um, if guys need more time to uh, come back from injury, like Tracy, um, or mm. even Emmanuel Mosley, like like some of these guys, they don't need to be rushed onto the field. Um, so I think the secondary might be the key to the defense. And I didn't realize that going in. I thought they needed. Oh, we're all talking about the three tech. They need some defensive linemen. It feels like the secondary was kind of what they were looking to address, and they absolutely did that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think you know they feel like they're ready to go. They have the horses now to run the yeah. defense that Aaron Glenn wants to wants to run, which they didn't have before. And so. You know, Campbell and, and Glenn have already been talking about kind of the ways they can use some of these pieces. And Campbell straight up said, it's time to go get this NFC North. Like, yeah, it's we have the pieces now, like we're loaded up and, you know, time to make a run at this thing. So I think there's sort of this overarching theme that this team is ready to contend. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I asked Rod, Rod Wood, when he spoke, uh, I was like, so what's an event like this for you? Like, what's the buzz you're getting after a season that you guys just had? Oh, that's good. Yeah. He's like, you know, we're going to we're going to a lot of people. A lot of it is coaches. Uh, respecting what Campbell did. Like Campbell has the respect of his his peers. Like mm-hmm. and that's something that we assumed, but when you're at an event like this and you're seeing all of them, all thirty two here, like yeah. pretty much all of them are coming up to me being like, man, Campbell did a hell of a job last year with that roster and um that young team. So yeah. uh 
I think now, but even then he was just like, but we still haven't accomplished anything, you know, like we missed the playoffs, went nine and eight. So there's sort of this like focus on what the 2023 season can be. It's sort of the opening of this window for them. And um, you can tell that with some of the moves that they've made, being right. aggressive for agency, even the fact that they pursued Clays Campbell, like he signed with the Falcons. Exactly. But, yeah. Um, a guy like that, if they were to add him, that shows you like, no, like we're making a run this year. Mm-hmm. And even though they miss, it still tells you we're trying to make a run this year. So um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's part of us that were like, well, they're not quite there yet. Like they still should be building this thing up. And and I think that's still part of the plan. But um, man, they're really look, they really look at this 2023 season as one that they can uh, get into the dance, make, maybe make a run. And this is just the beginning for them. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty interesting to kind of hear the comments from those guys. It's really cool to see because this was sort of like the aggressive timeline when they started to be at the end of year three. And it was almost and it was necessary too. it was like it's aggressive, but you have to do it by the end of your third year. This team needs to either be in the playoffs or like right or where they were at the end of last year, frankly, like right there at the edge. So they're ahead of schedule. And like we said, and like to be in this position, I think they sense it. And I think that the moves they've made this offseason as much as anything. And now that, you know, you hear them say it and vocalize it and not really bash, be bashful or shy away from it. Um, I think that's important. And I think you're right because you look at the the problems they had last year, because I think that they thought they were closer last year. And I think they were proven correct in the end. They just had some issues at the beginning that they didn't foresee. And that was on them as, as well. But if you look at what they've done this year, they went back and they addressed all of the areas that really screwed them last year. And that's, we did not have any veterans in the secondary, we didn't have anybody we could rely on in terms of the chips are down. We need to go get it. It's going to, it's too early. It was too early for Kirby Joseph in week three, right? All these things. Um, and now they have all that. And now they can go into the draft and address uh, their front and be done with it, right? Like that's, we're going to talk about our mock here uh, scenarios in the second half. But that's kind of my biggest takeaway of everything they've done this offseason is put them in position to use this draft as the finishing t- finishing touches and be like, here we go. We're going to go win it right now. Like, we're not messing around. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's the mood from everybody in the building. Yeah. And, and when you look at the roster, there are still some questions for like beyond this 2023 season with the secondary. Mm-hmm. It's like they signed these guys. Some of them are on one-year deals. So how do you bring them back? Um, some of the guys up front, like... Romeo and Charles Harris might not be around, but I think that's also how you can address the draft. Um, and yeah. that was another thing Holmes talked about. Like we have the flexibility to kind of do what we want with this draft and really make a monster out of a few positions. So whether that's, mm-hmm. you know, getting a young corner to exactly. even learn from some of these guys, like before they leave maybe, or even if they stick around, just keep adding to a position like that. Um, the defensive line that feels like a loaded position right now, but if some of those guys do depart, this is sort of the Eagles plan that we've been talking about. Like you plan yes. ahead for the future, a year ahead, a year out rolling. basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there, there should not be a drop off if Romeo leaves and you draft Tyree Wilson, you know, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even the offensive line, like we've talked about that, like Vitae and and even Glasgow, you know, he's only here for a year on the one year deal. So maybe you get some depth now and you kind of figure out the rest later. So they really can do whatever they want in this draft. Yeah. If they do target that defensive line, try to make it nasty, which they have a chance to do. Yeah. Um, which we'll explain later in the mock draft. Like, like you don't even need like a, you know, a stud linebacker. You don't need Roquan Smith in the middle. No secondary. And you got that defensive line no. and talk no. to Aaron Glenn. Like last <laughs> week, he kept saying the positions we're looking at are 
the secondary, cornerback, defensive line. Like that's mm-hmm. those are always going to be like the strength of our defense. Like right. I don't think they view the linebacker position as something that's you know you need that all pro talent there. So right, right. Um, yeah, they have a chance to kind of, the offense is already good. <laughs> you know, we know yeah, about that. Right, it's ready to go. Another thing I learned from from uh, these meetings, Ben Johnson is like people are so high on him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They kind of view him as this like brilliant offensive mind and it's only a matter of time before he kind of gets, gets his own team. deal. Yeah. Yeah. And that, like a lot of people respected him for kind of coming back this year and kind of seeing it through, but man, people are high on him around the league. So you got the offense in place. You have a chance to really turn the defense around. Like they got a chance, man. <laughs> I know <laughs> they got a chance. And it's, it's weird to hear all of the people be like, they're what they're doing is impressive because normally you hear nothing because they don't want to be mean (laughs) because they don't want to be mean to them and be like oh my (laughs) god this is a disaster like or they give these fake like oh yeah they're doing a great job it's a real tough spot but no i mean like it's a tough place to win yeah i mean you can see it in the signings that they've had every one of them like most of these guys have had options marvin jones just came back I mean, I, I know Marvin Jones. I'm sure he had options to go somewhere else. And obviously, I think the family probably liked being here um, and everything else. But, like, he's not coming here unless – he's definitely a guy that's not coming here unless he doesn't vibe with the coach. And I'm curious about about that. Did Campbell get asked about the free agent recruiting or Holmes at all about, like, was it easier? Did you notice it being easier? Because, like, it felt like – it feels like their rep inside of locker rooms is – way better everywhere else you know what i mean because five years ago no one you would have had to like drag someone kicking and screaming to come to detroit regardless of patricia didn't matter now it doesn't really feel like that as much holmes and campbell specifically didn't talk about that but you know talking to rod a little bit he says yeah uh, you know just about perception you know he sensed it he thinks that that's kind of been the reason why they were able to land some of these players that they probably wouldn't have been able to land like even a year ago so um, what Holmes was really talking about more with these players is that he feels he's he got a lot of these guys sort of not at a, at a discount, but you right, know when you yeah. look at some Fair of the price, situations, anyway, yeah, that, but also just like the way they're able to acquire these guys, like Emmanuel Mosley, if that dude doesn't tear his ACL right. and he finishes the year as he started it, which is like a top thirty corner uh, per PFF and <laughs> yeah, right. all these great numbers playing on that defense, like. He's getting a multi-year deal, probably you know right. eight to ten million dollar range, maybe more. So uh, they were able to get him for what was it, one year, it like six, mi- six million, yeah, right. something like that. This is like, what Holmes does every single year. <laughs> yeah, every year, this is Holmes his thing. Deal. Yeah, right. right. Like this is his uh, thing. <laughs> so he was talking about like he said uh, Mosley was another one that he just fit our style, and he's another kid that's got that versatility. He can play outside, he can play inside. Mm-hmm. And look, if Mosley didn't get hurt last year, I don't even know if we would have been able to really be in the range to even acquire him. Right, um, we could have. That's how hot him. of a start he was off to. That's so that was Holmes on Mosley. Um, with uh, CJ Garner Johnson, they were like, we were monitoring the whole time, but we didn't really think that was going to be realistic. Basically, is what he was. Right, telling, telling and then us. he so we kind of messed his thing up, and <laughs> yeah, he, CJ did. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, there were so many conflicting reports. So yeah, I feel it's, it's, it's a lot of you know somebody said, messed something there. up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he did say we were fortunate enough that the market right. came to a place. They got him a deal that we yeah. were able to make it happen. So that was, and they love him. Like they said, he's oh, sort of the example God. of an Aaron Glenn guy. So hearing yep. Holmes say that shows you that those two were kind of talking the whole time. Uh, Holmes did say uh, when that deal was finalized, probably around like 10 p.m. Uh, that mm-hmm. Sunday night, he said he started like yelling in his house and woke up his like wife and kids <laughs> when he got the deal done. So uh, that shows you how pumped they are to get him. 
Um, David Montgomery, you know, he's another guy that uh, probably wasn't on our radar because we thought we assumed they were bringing Jamal back. And so yep. Holmes kind of told his story and he was taking the high road, didn't have any shots for him, said that you know, he told a story about when Jamal was signed in 2021, he kind of walked into a meeting room and like, you know, slapped a wall that had a Lions logo and said, this, you know, this is not going to be the same as it once was. Like we're, we're going to do something with this. And yeah, that they knew that was the kind of player they were getting when they signed him two years ago. He's mm-hmm. one of those tone setters for a young roster, a young 100%. team. And that's what they yeah. wanted back then. Um, but at the same time, it, it, I think what you said recently, like they've kind of graduated beyond that. That was yeah. sort of the sense I got talking to Holmes. And they said, look, we tried to bring him back. Um, doesn't always work out. Um, but at the same time, like we're very, very happy to get Montgomery at a similar price point as what we were looking to bring Jamal back. So it seems like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, again, this is free agency. Everyone's kind of upset, like feelings getting them in the way a little bit. Yeah. I do think they like, you know, I, th- yeah. I do think that they wanted Jamal back. It just didn't work oh, out. Oh, I know they did. Financially. Yeah. And I don't think that they're, <laughs> I don't think, think they're, they're sweating. Unhappy basically. with the result. Like, no. like, yeah. I think they're very happy to have Dave Montgomery, who's probably mm-hmm. in their mind an upgrade. So I, that's kind of where they left things, took the high road, but they're pumped to get Montgomery because he's yeah. a guy they've been watching for years with the Bears. And right. since Iowa State, he brought that up, like Holmes talking about his days in college, yes. breaking tackles and all that stuff. So I think they view him as, this kind of all around back that can be a one a can be a one B um, and can kind of take your run game to the next level. So I think very happy to get him. That was another kind of takeaway from that session. That's such a good like discussion point there, the whole thing, because that really is his like signature with free agency because he goes back to his draft knowledge. He goes back to, and he watches everything. I think that's, but you know, that's part of it too. But like when you really study a player and you watch every single thing and you turn over every single stone, like, like he talks a lot. Uh, he talked very early about stacking players. That's all he does. You know, he's like, that's all we do in there is just stack guys all day. We mm-hmm. just watch tape and just restack and resort and restack and resort every available player in the league, every single person. <laughs> like that's what. So when the time comes to make decisions and and be in spots where you can like work a board or like work a situation to your advantage guys like brad holmes are always going to be uh like with the better hand they're always going to have the like the edge or the leverage in in any negotiation because they're always going to have the option like i don't want to just like totally speak out of turn but like what happened with jamal is more or less my understanding is jamal showed his hand and the lions countered and they didn't think the lions would have a counter and they didn't think the Lions would have a backup plan, and they did, and they moved on with it, and like that is what happened. And so it's a shre- it's been a shrewd, savvy offseason filled with, uh, you know, guys like you, like Mosley is a perfect example. This is how they got Charles Harrison here, same exact thing. Um, so many guys like this that were just like a little flaw here, something random happened there that just didn't quite fit or whatever, and he became available, and poof. Also. None of these guys got deals that were nuts. None of these guys got deals that were like three years. None of these guys got nope. overpaid. It was like, <laughs> here's what you're getting. This is last resort time. And it's just been, I think that's just, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. You, Your stack is constantly evolving. You don't make decisions five years ago and then just stick with them throughout a player's yeah. life and never change your mind. I think that's sort of what we see from Brad Holmes is, his list is always changing. The stack's always moving, and that's how a modern GM, I think, has to do it. 
Yeah, I mean, you don't want you don't ever want to get caught without a backup plan, no. and you should always be surveying other options. And whether it's you think it's realistic or not, like he even said with uh, Garner Johnson, like I was staying in contact with his agent the entire time. Like, yeah, driving home. Just from let work, me know. Driving home from the office, I gave him a call like every single day, basically, <laughs> right. to monitor his, his situation. Yeah. <laughs> let me know if we have a chance at this guy, and we'll try to make right. it work. And that's what happened. And they finally did that, and it materialized with Montgomery. It's like. I'm sure they were having conversations with him just saying, hey, if, if things don't work with Jamal, we're going to turn to you. We're going to open up the resources maybe a little bit more. If like, then. We, we, right. Yeah. If it gets to that point. So If then. It's always if then. Like if that's then. the world of NFL football. If then. Mm-hmm. Now what? Right? That's yeah. how it works on the field, in a game. <laughs> like that's how they teach. If this guy moves here, you do this. If that, you do that. Like that's how it works. And like. Mm-hmm. For the first time, and that's why people, I think, at the end of the day are so excited about where the Lions are at. Because for the first time in, I mean, I don't want to shortchange people. Like, Martin Mayhew had some some nice day, nice days at the office. I won't discount that. There have been people through here that have had some good moves and made good decisions. And I don't ever want to, because I think that gets, not everybody was Matt Millen, all right? Like, that's what I would say in the last 20 yeah. years. Yeah. But... For the first time in a long, long time, maybe my lifetime, since maybe I was a kid that I can't remember, you have a staff led by a person who just uncovers every t- stone. I think we have three years of evidence now, basically, or three cycles yeah. of evidence that the research that this guy does on players, it's not just the eye for talent, which I think he has, but it's the like exhaustive amount of research with the foresight like that's leading the charge. I mean, it was a home run hire. That's what this feels like to me, Colton, because I don't want to jump lines on this and say anything, whatever, but this was a hard rebuild. And we are talking about a team that we think could, should maybe win the division. Like, yeah. It's been a really good stretch for Brad Holmes, has it not? I, I don't want to heap too much more praise on the guy, but like, wow, it's been really no, good. No, but it's like you're looking for things that like, you <laughs> it's can hard criticize to find bad sometimes. Like, yeah, because everything's so positive. And sometimes I'm just like... There's got to be something, right? And I'm like, okay, maybe they overpaid for Anzalone. But then you hear them talk right. about him, and they're yeah. just like, he's awesome. Like, they we love care. him. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> they, don't, they really don't. So yeah. you can argue maybe, they, you know, Montgomery, what's, what value are you getting of a free agent running back? Well, I don't know. I've made but my thought thoughts clear. Deal. I think it's enough. Yeah. Like, if you can bring him back at a summer, <laughs> right. if you can get him at a summer, you know, price point 100%. that you were talking to Jamal for, That's he's an upgrade. Deal. So you're going to have, a, it's not like you're just like, oh, well, we were just going to go into the draft with only Swift on the roster. That was never realistic, guys. Like, People are like, why draft? Why even sign a running back if you can just draft one? They weren't going to go into the draft with not just having DeAndre Swift. Like, come on, like that's he wasn't good enough. He wasn't. He's an injured running back, right? Uh, yeah, right. Who doesn't have a back? Like Craig Craig Reynolds can't be your RB two. So, yeah, I don't know. They were going to have some free agent running back in the mix, whether it was Jamal or someone else, and they got David Montgomery. So I like that move a lot from them. So I'm going through the list and trying to think like. What about these moves do I not like? They signed two corners that were on my like free agent yep. watch list for them. So I'm like, of course I like those moves. So again, it's just sort of Brad Holmes is kind of running this thing how you know a lot of us probably would, and yeah, smarter yeah, than that's... us too. I, I don't want to say like you know he's you know reading the athletic for us, but right, no, uh, there just aren't too many things that I can disagree with based on what he's done, and I think that's kind of shows you the health of the franchise right now with with him and Campbell kind of running things. So. Yeah. What Chris and I used to say is they just always like it's always logical. It just always makes sense. It's not it's what we would do, but it's also like what a lot of people would do, you know? Like it's like what the thing that makes sense. It's like just the logical thing that if you're 
And like, usually it's you're trusting this person's eye, but oftentimes nowadays, we have data, we have evidence, we have like, we know more about the game. And it backs up and it just jives with what makes sense. It's a jives with what we see. It jives, you know, what smart people see on TV. When we watch a guy like CJ Gardner Johnson, everything he does, and we hear everything the Lions say they want to be about, you're like, well, that's a perfect fit. That would be perfect. And then they go out and sign him. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> those are the things that have happened here. Like, yeah. and you're like, well, they lost uh, Chark in free agency, which we knew was probably like a, at least. Very possible. DJ got paid. Yeah, I would say. Likely. And so you yeah. need a guy that can uh, fill his spot. Well, I mean, Marvin Jones would be cool. Oh, okay. Well, they go sign Marvin Jones. And it's just like, <laughs> Jesus, like how many more things? Penny Sewell would have been a good draft pick if he falls to you. Okay, well, here you go. They're drafting him. And it's like Aiden Hutchinson. Bring, there you go. Bring him back, bring him back Glasgow. <laughs> right. Yes. Like it's, uh, it's just been a lot of stuff that when you're like, man, that would be a good fit if that works. And it always seems to work. Like that's kind of the thing that has happened here in a weird way. And yes, you're right, Colton. Like you're waiting for the, when are they going to make a draft pick that makes no sense or <laughs> something, you know, where you're like, when are they going to do something? They're like, I don't get this at all. That has never happened. Aubrey Pleasant was the only thing that has happened here that I did not understand in the moment. And I understand it more now, of course, but, and it, now I get it more than, and it made sense. It makes sense to me more now, but like, that's really the only thing that's it. Everything else has really been like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I mean, like, there really hasn't been much. Maybe that speaks to the fact that teardowns are just maybe easier to manage. I don't know, but I guess we'll see. I don't know. All right, let's take a break here, and then we'll come back to the other side, and we'll break down our uh, mock scenarios uh, that we ran today. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of One of These Years. Uh, it's mock draft season in full now, Colton, as we are now, I think, almost like exactly one month away or four weeks away from the draft. Uh, NFL draft here at the end of April, stretch drive. Uh, this morning on The Athletic, Colton and I ran a uh, one of my favorite mock exercises that we tried to do every year, which is the scenarios. We did four three-round hypotheticals. We used PFF's uh, mock draft simulator, which is awesome, by the way, if anyone has a PFF subscription. I, it's behind the paywall right now, Colton. You can't get it for free, I don't think. The, I believe that's correct, yeah. Yeah, I mean, big ups to the PFF people. That thing is really cool. They did a great job with yeah. it. The they trades. Also, <laughs> they Jesus. also fixed it to where it's not so much skewed towards their own board. Right, you can, you can change it. They yeah. have sliders now that you can kind of it's really do cool. a more public board versus PFF. Yeah. You can do needs versus just drafting best player available. So I think they cleaned it up, so it's even better than it was like yeah. In, It's really cool, and I'm going to make Chris take it and force the uh, (laughs) higher-ups here to look at it and be like, okay, we need to do the same thing, because that's what, because I think that's what we need to do here. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. We did uh, the four scenarios, uh, which uh, sort of the idea to start this was like just to sort of illustrate all of the options that the Lions have, right? You know, the one that we sort of didn't do, I guess, would have been just sitting there and not doing anything, which was sit at six sit at 18 and never move. Um, but I think that we both kind of agree that, and I'll, that's where I would start with this with you. I, we don't think that Holmes is going to keep all of his draft picks here, especially if there's a player that he likes within target range. We think that he'll probably lend to be more aggressive. You agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that being said, uh, we did the trade scenarios of 
trade back up, sit at six and 18, trade back up. We did the trade down from six. Uh, we did, and then we finished it actually with two trade up from six, which I think doesn't get talked about really as much as it probably should. But I want to start with the first one, Colton. Uh, your mm-hmm. thoughts on our first one, which was the trade back into the first round. I actually had a lot of people, I think, tell me they liked that one the best, which allowed us to sit at six and draft Tyree Wilson, stay at 18 and draft uh, Kalijah Kansi. So you're done on defense right there, right? Mm-hmm. And then trade back up for B. John Robinson at 25. Is that what we did? Yep. Jump the Cowboys at 26. So yeah, yep. 25. So walk us through the rationale on that one and then uh, what you thought of of the first one there. That one actually is pretty good. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it now. I'm like, wow, you did a good job for them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah Tyree, I think, you know, staying at six uh, in this scenario, if, uh, you know, it's three quarterbacks, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter in the top five, then you're sitting there at six. We discussed, uh, who did we discuss? Um, Chris Gonzalez and we Peter Skronsky mm-hmm. uh, at that position. And I think that might be the three that they end up looking at there if it plays out like this. Um but we end up going Tyree Wilson just because we want to make that defensive line as nasty as possible. Yeah, I just – And yeah. when you're building through the trenches, you can never go wrong early. Like, that's a mm-hmm. safe pick. Um, so, I like – I love the idea of getting Wilson. I love the idea of coming back and getting Cansey at 18. Mm. Um, by the way, I don't know if you saw Cansey's, like, pro day results. He, like – Did was, he kill it again? Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> this dude's unreal. Like, his <laughs> movement and <laughs> uh, Yeah, I've just, wondered if he's going to be there at 18, honestly. I don't know. I he might don't not. know. Like yeah. I saw people saying, take him at like ten for the Eagles. He might you know? go. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, that could be a spot where Philly like jumps the line and just says, "Screw it, we're taking him here." Yep. Yeah, but anyway, uh, those two together, you put Wilson, Cansey, Ali McNeil, Aiden Hudson, uh, Pascal. You got Houston. <laughs> you still got Romeo and Charles and yeah. Kaminsky, like that defensive line is Jesus. disgusting for yeah. 2023. Some of those guys move on. That's fine because you still have the depth. And all of those dudes are young. That's all right. Of them they're are all young. under 25. And they're all yeah. under contract for multiple <laughs> years. And that's like, man, like you're going to look back on that defensive line room years from now and being like, all right, that was a that was a nasty group. Yeah. Um. So those two at 6 and 18. And then trading up back into the first for Bijan Robinson, which – was sort of an exercise I explored in the last um, beat writer mock with mm-hmm. all of our athletic writers picking for their own teams. Um, I traded back into the first for uh, Darnell Washington, who I right. actually think will end up going closer to the first round than the second round, but that's just mm-hmm. me. Um, but in this scenario, we did it for Bijan um, with the reasoning that, you know, Swift is a free agent. This is his last, last year with the Lions, you know, unless they come to an agreement for an extension there. But if they don't, you can pair Bijan with Swift and Montgomery for at least one year, which mm-hmm. is going to be the best running back room in football. Yeah, you'd have the best then, rush offense in the game. And then when Swift, if Swift does leave, then you still have Bijan and David Montgomery. Who right. Like, I mean, they do a lot. Still of have things, the best rush cool. offense in the football. I think. Yeah. <laughs> you can, and, and like you can find a seventh round, like you know, right. change of pace. Whatever. If you really want some more speed or whatever, <laughs> like the smaller guy. So I still like that. Uh, the idea of Bijan. I know you you wrote about that recently. Oh yeah, I agree with you. It'd still be. You can find a way to get him and trade back up for it. Like, I think that's sort of no brainer when a talent like that sitting at twenty five. Um, so we ended up trading forty eight, uh, eighty one in the third, and then a twenty twenty four third for twenty five. Um, yeah, so I think the value lines up pretty well there, just about even. That was almost um, even, yeah. You, and that the twenty twenty four third we would be trading would be the Vikings third, not the Lions own third. 
Um, well, so they have two, right? Back. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. They have two, so it's like we still have that third for, for next year. Right. And the Vikings pick, you know, if they take a step back this year, let's say exactly. they finish where the Lions finished this past year, that's like 18th pick in the third round or whatever, mm-hmm. that's almost equal value at that point. So um, I like that move a lot for Bijan to trade up for him. And then at 55, we had some different options, but we sort of wanted to put this on the table. Like the Lions have talked to Hendon Hooker a lot this offseason. Yeah. Like, at the Senior Bowl, I believe at the Combine. like So they, they've been in communication with him. Um, if they don't want to explore a quarterback at six or earlier, Hooker feels like a good option for them. If they want to still want to get a young guy in here that can develop under golf and maybe start one day. So yeah. um, I don't love Hooker. I don't love the ACL. I don't love the age. I don't right. love the offense that he played in, which is, you know, I covered Josh Heupel at Mizzou when he was the OC and he turned Drew Locke into a second round pick, and he did. He definitely did. <laughs> Drew Locke's not a second round pick. Yeah, talent. But uh, you know, if Hooker's there, I think it makes sense. But honestly, like he might not even be there at this point, just because people tend to overdraft quarterbacks right. on this time of year. Like we're talking about sneaking him into the late first. Yeah, that I, I would saw not do Mike, that. Mike Tannenbaum at ESPN did his mock and had him fifth overall to the oh, Seahawks. Okay. So God we're getting there already. It. What? I don't think he'll be there at 55. <laughs> well, I think but he'll be there at six. If you want, like, what are we? If doing? you want, to, yeah, if you want a 25 year old quarterback coming off an ACL, you got to take him at six, right? <laughs> so I, uh, I mean, like, I actually, yeah, I like that pick because it depends on what you need him for. Depends on what you need him for. Yep. If you need him to be your franchise quarterback, no, don't do it. Like, that's not. <laughs> What, no one should be taking him in the first round. I don't think I would do that. But, like, Drew Locke is a great... What is Drew Locke now? Drew Locke was incorrectly labeled as a future starting quarterback. He's probably not that. But I think Drew Locke could probably become a very valuable seasoned backup who, you know, if a guy gets hurt and he needs to start a season for you or start 10 games, he could do it. And your team's not going to fall apart. Like... I kind of feel like that is a market that is uh, being created almost as a result of all the failures from some of these like disastrous picks and decisions. And it's like, well, like I live by the Shanahan code of there's not that many starters that are actually of value. So don't lie to yourself and say that you have one when you don't. Understand what these guys are, put them in their proper buckets. If you're drafting Hendon Hooker, in the second round to be a very quality backup who's capable of starting multiple games for you in a pinch if need be, then that's a great pick, I think. And I think in that case, the the age works for him because he's ready to go. He's more, he's going to be more mature. He's going to be ready to work. He's going to come in there and do his thing. And it's, and I, that's why the criticism's about, and I understand that too, the, you know, the offense he plays in, um, which is designed to get people open, right? It's designed to create those big windows that sometimes he misses in. To yeah. me, to me, that's not as relevant for a guy if you're looking at him just for the secondary role. And I think that the secondary quarterback role in today's NFL is like way more important than it is given value to uh, by most teams. Look what the Lions have done these last couple of years. You're just walking through fire, hoping that your season yeah. doesn't go to hell if Goff rolls one ankle or something, right? Like, yeah. can't happen, especially now the way that they play. So, you I just saw that what happened to 49ers too. So, yeah, right. I just think that's a size. I think that's a solid. If you have a good football team around that guy, okay, Brock Purdy. Yeah, right. Brock Purdy won a damn playoff game, right? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So, 
I will say I don't I, hate I, it. I think with I don't the, hate it. With the with the hooker conversation, I agree. If that's what you're getting him for, it makes sense. I would probably mm-hmm. try to get him in the third, but at this point I just don't think he's gonna sure. be there. Yeah. The second still feels high, even all things considered, still feels high. It does. Um at the same time, <laughs> I feel like that's not the conversation that's actually happening. I feel like teams are convincing themselves Oh yeah. That, that he's a starter. Can yeah. be right. a starter. And like they're convincing himself he has like same maybe thing with top Ritter 12 last year. quarterback upside. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like which happens every year. There's always a couple guys they have, they talk themselves into or whatever, but I just don't I, I don't know if I see it. That's I saw um Arthur <sighs> Smith that's just Arthur me, Arthur Smith getting all hot about all those Desmond Ritter questions. And it was like, yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, we'll bro, see. Stop playing to go get Lamar. Stop playing I to go get Lamar. I liked like, Desmond Ritter the best of any of the quarterbacks <laughs> in last year's class. And I think that most people ended up agreeing with that. But it's the great, that is the example where you're like, you're just telling yourself that he's going to be a starter. You don't know that. Like, he's just the guy, no like, idea. basically, right? Like, so. I, I almost wonder how yeah. many of these teams that, like, could absolutely, like, use a guy like Lamar um, are just convincing themselves, like, or tr- they're trying to convince us, I guess, that they don't that want they him don't when in him. reality. Yeah. They're they're trying to get like Caleb Williams or, or Drake May like next yeah, they're year. Just trying like, to get the younger version of Lamar on a rookie contract. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. what they're trying to do. But the other yeah. thing I wanted before we move on the edge piece here and the doubling up. You mentioned it doubling up with Wilson and um, Cansey. Like again, that to me, and we talked about this in the first half. That is a strategy that I think we could see play out if they double up anywhere. I you know that's where it could be I think in the first round it could definitely be that where the two defensive yeah. linemen because if you double up and say um you know we're hammering down on the edge we've got Aiden Hutchinson who is a three down edge defender one of the best young edges in the league with another number 6 pick who's also an edge with Cansey or someone like that inside you know Brice or Miles Murphy if he falls and you just load it up and you just say we got all these versatile giant twitchy dudes who are going to seal gaps our linebackers are whatever, and now we have all these veterans behind him. Every single decision that you make defensively from here on out can be about just now, just winning right now. That's how you go pay Calais Campbell. That's how you go do the things, you know, they didn't work out. But next mm-hmm. year, whatever, you can start adding those like pieces that we that we get asked about every single year. Hey, do you think the Lions will go in for Jamel Dean or guys like that? Next year? Yes. Like that's what I would say. If you do this, then yeah. I think you can start having those conversations, right? Like that's what I think hammering the edge, hammering the lines. Like I told you yesterday, like you never go broke taking a profit is the old man's saying of the uh, of of lifetime. That's it. Build your lines. If you're always good in the lines, you're never going to be a bad football team ever, ever. I don't care yeah. what happens. Like if that's what you're rooted in, you're always going to be quality. So I think that I could definitely see them because I saw Holmes said that you guys about the we're not doubling up on corners probably guys like which is so funny that that was a question i asked him i was just like do you feel like you know what you've done for agency gives you more flexibility more options in the draft like what's kind of your your take on that right he's like he looked at me he's like well you know i have seen some uh some mocks you know i'm not gonna lie i I look at some of those but i've seen some mocks where (laughs) maybe a month ago we had like two corners or two dbs in the first round and i was like we did that (laughs) (laughs) we did that But now it's like basically what they did in free agency is they doubled up, like they tripled up. They got CJ Gardner Johnson. They got these two corners. So basically, you could have done a draft with young players that were unproven, but now you got these veterans that have been there and done that. And Mm -hmm. when they're all healthy and playing together, like you have that depth there, like starting quality players in your secondary. And now you can double up at the defensive line. And now you've got stacked positions at in the secondary at corner. 
on the edge, in the interior, like you could do whatever you want. Like the yeah. linebacker just almost doesn't even matter in this defense no. at that point. So just warm bodies, basically. Yeah, and you can yeah. they can still add like a guy in the second. Maybe Jack Campbell's there. Like that would complete your defense. Then you're exactly like, okay, now we're talking about like a yeah. top ten unit, um, right? And then next year, now, if like yes, and then that's the thing. Yeah. Like next year, if like people ask about Bobby Wagner and guys like this every year, right? Like the mm-hmm. the guy that comes out that you could get for fifteen million or thirteen million or something stupid like that for one yes. year. Yeah. Next year you could do that. You do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know who that so, guy would be. I, you know, like, I don't know who Jalen Ramsey or one of these dudes. But that's mm-hmm. the type of at the guy that turns you from we want to get into the playoffs to we're going to try to win the Super Bowl. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, and you, but you can't do that until you're sound in your fronts completely without question. That's what the Eagles do. Yeah. Right. When they, when you really peel it all back, they do this really at every position so well, but they, the lines are where they started. They have, contingency plans for every single guy and every single guy is awesome and every single guy's backup is going to be awesome. <laughs> like, that's what they yeah. do. Like, it's just what they do. And I think the Lions are in position to maybe attack that. I agree. Uh, here. Next scenario, um, what was number two that we did? Now I'm all backed up here. That was the trade back from seven. That was the trade back. Yeah. So this one, I feel like <laughs> this might be hard, man. Like, this was the, yeah. this is the Levis conversation that you know, will they be able to find anybody that wants to jump the Raiders to take Will Levis? And do the Raiders even want to take Will Levis? Uh, does anybody in the top 10 want to take Will Levis? And the combine was like, the vibe there was that he was dipping and Richardson was climbing. And I have not heard anything to suggest Levis's dip hasn't stopped. <laughs> but anything, I don't know. After, I the, don't after know the last few days... Much. Yeah. I think it's even more likely he falls. But that's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just I don't, don't know if teams are going to be calling the Lions think, to trade up to six yeah. to draft that dude. That's kind of where I'm at now. But again, like, uh, there's, I, I look at that. There's no motivation to dog him to be like, oh, I think he sucks, so he'll fall to me if I. But so yeah, go ahead. I don't know, man. Like, I think that's going to be hard to do to trade down. Yeah, I, I don't think teams in the top ten are that that fascinated with him uh, or intrigued. And maybe I don't honestly like if I'm like a team like the Titans. I, I saw there's one mock that had the. Lions trading down to 11 with the Titans, um, which, like, I've explored that on PFF. But at the same time, if I'm the Titans and they have a new GM, uh, right. if, I, if I'm the Titans. Who seems to be kind of like Holmes, I a think, conservative. Yeah, yeah, and I think they're trying to, like, reload that roster without fully, re, you know, tearing it down. But also. Yeah, they want to build the Lions rumors, There were some mm-hmm. rumors that, like, they might be looking to trade Derrick Henry. And, like, I don't know yeah, exactly and just get some assets. this roster. But, like. They they might have to take a step back so they can go forward. That's kind of how I view that team. Yeah, and if I agree. you're somewhat bad next year, why would you trade a pick like that? Like you'd have to if you want to move up to six from eleven. You'd no, they need more picks. Like, yeah, yeah. So some people had um trading like their 2024 first to move up to six. I'm like, if I were them, I would not do that. If you have a chance to get like a Drake May or Caleb Williams, like don't no, <laughs> like, just don't do it. that. You're not yeah, you're not going to be good at all anyway. Don't you'll get a good don't player at eleven. Lie to yourself. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't see that. The, I guess what's what might be more realistic, and I don't know. Maybe there is a team that just loves Levis, and like we're like we can't sit on. There the could be that conversation. Somebody might be lying, right? Yeah, that's very possible. There, there could be a liar out there. So, mm-hmm. but in this scenario, we did the Texans. So, in you know, the Texans are at two. Might take a quarterback. Probably going to take a quarterback. Although I wouldn't be surprised if they took Will Anderson. Yeah, um, not not impossible. But if they took, let's say they take Bryce at two, um, they're sitting at twelve. And they see like the big three defensive linemen in the in the draft. So one of them is there at six. 
Carter they have, is what we, yep. Carter, or even like Wilson, maybe if they like him. But yeah, if like, they like Tyree, right. D'Amico Ryans, you know, is their new head coach. He's a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. He came for the 49ers. He's p- former player. Like, he might want a, a franchise piece to build around on defense. Exactly. Um, that was my thought, too. Like, maybe he thinks, hey, I can take Jalen Carter and make it work, you know? Yeah. And so with this scenario, and they have all these assets. They have, you know, the Browns 2024 first round pick. They have, you know, that Deshaun deal. They basically have picks on picks on picks. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> they have so, they have too many picks is what they Way have. Way too many. Yeah. <laughs> so what we did with this trade, uh, honestly, like, they were able to keep what pick they have in second. Like, 33 is like their early second Yeah, 33 pick. was you their, You can keep yeah. that. Like, <laughs> right. It, the numbers didn't it's really another first round pick, basically, in this ba- draft. Is, yeah. Is, right? Yeah. <laughs> So keep your 2024 first, keep 33 in this this draft. You give us 12, you give us 65, and you give us 104 in the fourth. And we'll give you six mm-hmm. and, and a sixth, 194. Yeah, and we gave him the sixth. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was, I think the, the value was maybe five points off or something like that in terms yeah, of it was like close. the Rich Hill chart. It was really close. And just like, right. I think that works. I think the Lions would do that if it came to be. Yeah. Because you trade down. Who would we t- I think they would 12? even take a loss, yeah, on yeah. the you know what I mean in I the value so. chart. Yeah. yeah, I think they the would even picks. if it was, yeah, just like even if it was like just get me another pick, just get me yeah. another second round or third round pick. Like I think that's all you're looking for if you're trying to do that. And I think that that's why I wouldn't rule it out. But I also think this is like almost one of the least likely scenarios. It feels like I, I we just really don't force it. Yeah, you're I, like I, you're like squinting really hard to try to find the Levis question partner. is really tough because yeah. I do not see Minnesota and Washington are the two that I have looked at. Minnesota, there's no way they're doing that. Minnesota that's doesn't too, want that's him. way not, too much coming up for him. Yeah. Uh, and like even if they liked him, that's way too much. <laughs> like basically, which I don't really think they do. But Washington too, and I don't really know if they like him either. And that's kind of the question where it's like. They probably like him fine, but do they love they're him? They're back in and Sam Howell. They keep saying that. And they're that. talking up <laughs> Sam Howell, which sometimes can be Which real, tells me they're talking up bullshit. Caleb and Drake. That's what, exactly. that, that's what so, that tells me. Right. Exactly. So, like, I think that that's probably more in line. The enemy's there now in Washington. I think he'd probably be more likely to say, hey, whatever. Let's just see if I if I can turn Sam Howell into something usable for one year. That's going to speak well for me. Next year, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to get Caleb Williams, and I'll be off and running again. And yeah. then I'm going to have the same problem that I had in Kansas City where people are going to be like, oh, you're just another you – know, like, <laughs> But in any event, it's going to be hard to trade down from six, I think, unless the board gets weird. You know, and it would also have to get weird for this to happen, right? For Carter to fall yeah. is not a given. Like we, I still don't know if he's going to get beyond, uh, beyond Seattle uh, there at five. And if he is there at six, maybe the Lions just stand pat and Maybe take they him. just take like him a- and – yeah, we didn't talk about that one in this draft, but like we've talked about that before on last week's show. We talked about that. Definitely mm-hmm. wouldn't rule that out. And I do yeah. think they'd have a market there. I, I I wouldn't rule that out either. I think that some people would be like, "I'll do it." I think I there's got to be a lot of teams that are like, "I could take him. I'll fix him." <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll tell man, I'll we'll make it. We'll hire some counselors. We'll make it work. I mean, you know? like, we whatever. like Holmes and Campbell were both asked about Jalen Carter, and Holmes kind of yes. Holmes was like, "Well, we haven't done our." scouting on interior defensive line yet it's like all right but you've watched him play yeah, okay um, bud <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but i get it you know he's not gonna answer that yeah. question directly like, i didn't expect a full answer and then uh but campbell was just like you know we talked to one of his teammates at georgia we found some interesting stuff he literally said that he like, answered the question directly and then the follow-up was was it positive or negative he's like it was interesting <laughs> it was interesting yeah so that's all he said which 
I don't know. I kind of took that as like it, they liked what they heard, but that was just me reading it. Well, they're not no going to eliminate they themselves they're not tell from us the conversation. That's yeah. definitely they're not going to eliminate the converse, themselves from the conversation. That's definitely the smart play. Because, but Campbell did know. he did also say if your locker room is strong enough, you can take on like one or two of those guys. Like so, absolutely. And Glenn said the same thing to me like a week ago. So th- that's why. And I, I kind of wrote about that in my recap that I, I do think that they would consider him if everything else yeah. checks out, the interviews with him go well and all that stuff. Yeah. So anyway, back to the draft. We traded back to 12, took Devin Witherspoon. Yeah. So we were what was the, what was the, the debate there? It was Devin Witherspoon or Van Ness from Van Iowa, Ness, who, yeah. who you liked. Um, which we actually which wondered if he would fall, if Van Ness would be there at 18. But I have no idea what his range is. I feel like it's anywhere well, I from think like it's right there. 9 I to think 20. I think it's from think, maybe not twenty, but uh, yeah, I think it's right there. I think it's from ten like to the Bears, ten to eighteen. I think I ten know, to he's eighteen. Little, he's, he's from he's from the Chicago area. The Bears probably maybe be interested. Maybe to maybe nine. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he gets beyond eighteen. I don't think he gets beyond fifteen. Frankly, I, yeah, I like I I've n- looked nine at this. 18, nine to fifteen. Patriots are at fifteen, right? Um, I no, think, Packers. Right? Packers. Patriots, are Patriots fourteen. Uh, I don't know if that young man is going to get beyond William Belichick, uh, because if he, he they, the, Van Ness has every single possible trait you can have as a defensive lineman. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I just don't, if he fell to 18, that would be a hell of a steal, but he did not in our draft. He did not fall. I think I kind of so like the way we did but it. But I don't mind we, taking we, Witherspoon we, we, because he's ready to go. Yeah, and we took an edge in the in scenario one with the right. first pick. So I like going corner here. And then who we come back for at 18? We got your guy, Nolan exactly. Smith. So right. explain why how Nolan Different would fit edge. in this defense. Because I, I feel like I, I had some Lions fans wondering like how he fits in. Is right. he redundant to any player on the roster? Like how would you how would how do you see him kind of working with this defense? Yeah. If he would be redundant to anyone, it would be Houston and whatever That's we what think heard, Houston, yeah. Houston whatever we think Houston will become. But it's also like you can't you can't turn down guys like that because you think James Houston will become what we saw over six games, right? Like you hope mm-hmm. that he becomes that. And if you have a chance to take a guy like Nolan Smith, I think Dane has him up to like ten or eleven, by the way, right? Eleven. Like he's yeah. eleven. Um you're adding immediate value and long-term value, and most important, which which is what you don't really have with Houston right now. Mm-hmm. versatile value. Nolan Smith um, at Georgia, and everybody saw his testing numbers. They were through the roof, right? He ran the yeah. crazy 40 and the jumped out of the building. <laughs> yeah. um, he's wow. not the biggest guy in the world, right? He has got some length, but he's not powerful strength. You know, he's a smaller guy. So he'd have to be your open whatever. Like Hutchinson would have to play the heavy side, which they don't love for him. Yeah, But Nolan Smith is... Nobody at Georgia over those last two years did more and wore more hats and did more dirty work and did stuff to make sure other guys were able to make plays than Nolan Smith. Like, they would not have won two national titles without him. They would not have gone undefeated without him. Uh, they may have imploded without him. And some, I mean, everything I've heard um, about Nolan Smith behind the scenes, like who he is as a player and what he was at Georgia is like, he's like a coach's dream. Every teammate loved him. He was a five-star recruit. Like, that's rare, rare stuff. That's like Aiden. That's what Aiden yeah. was, right? So mm-hmm. I just think you're fi- you're adding another guy, and how he fits, I don't know. You figure it out. Like, that's really, I think, the end end of the day, 
a thing. There are going to be some limitations to it, but I think that he's the type of guy that you'd be adding so much value in so many other areas that you would just make it work. You'd figure it out mm-hmm. because he would do an awful lot for you, but definitely a different type of edge. And Murphy was another guy that we talked about there because I think he was still on the yep. board. Mm-hmm. And maybe that would be what they would do because it would free up Aiden to be, you know, because Murphy's a big, big physical run you over. He's more like Wilson. So, and if that allows Aiden to be on the op, you know, the open end, which maybe that's what they do. And that could be the ultimate plan. I would love that too, but I wouldn't discount a guy like Nolan Smith either, because I just think that uh, Hutchinson's versatility still allows you to do so many things. Right. I do like the back and forth of these sort of exercises where we can explain the thought process and what yeah. went into it and other players that were considered. Um, yeah. Yeah. Moving on to 48, we took uh, Darnell Washington, which was kind of tough because PFF is just super low on him. He's they like 71st him. on their board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they can't stand the dude, but I love him. I think he's perfect tight end in this offense. Um, he might be, he might That's be a steal at 40, first, early whatever. second, yeah. but at 48, it's we. The reason we did 48 is because we kind of split the difference. Like Dane had him, I think, 32nd on his right. big board. PFF has him at 71. 48 feels like, you know, good middle ground there. Yeah. So, like, all right, we'll, t- we'll, we'll do it here, but we don't know what's going to happen on draft day. 55, Bergeron, a guy we've talked about a lot. Yeah, like, I love him. Know, has a guard tackle flexibility. Um. Oh, yeah, at 65, we got the extra pick. And yep. uh, how, do, how do you say is that? Devin, a chain, a chain, like... I think it's Texas a chain, A&M but I'm a not chain? positive because okay. I just right. read these guys' names. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll go Devin to chain. Uh, yeah. We're not known for uh I'm a reader. I try, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Devin to chain, Texas A&M running back, who's the fastest back in the class. Oh, like, yeah. He is, if you're looking he is fun for, to watch. If you're looking for a speed back that can complement Swift and, um, and David Montgomery, Montgomery yeah. for 2023, like that's man, probably your guy. So mm-hmm. getting him with the extra pick that we got, 65, we really like that idea. We were kind of waiting on defensive tackle. I think mm-hmm. we considered maybe taking Benton a little earlier, but didn't make it work. Um, yeah. And that's so, one that I think that more after I thought about it when we were done, I would probably be more in line with you where you were. Because I, li- I, I think you liked it more than I did when we were doing the exercise. I randomly was watching him later last night, and I was like, you know what? I think you're probably right. Like, he's probably... Yeah. A guy that we could have taken there. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry, keep I think going. So. No, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so we kind of waited on on Gervin Dexter, the Florida defensive tackle, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I thought, you know, I think Dane has him in the fifties in his top one hundred. Right. So I don't know if he'll make it to eighty one, but I doubt uh, it. If he if he does, it's if he if he is there, it's because maybe guys aren't high on the lack of production and right. he has some work to do. Plays inconsistency and inconsistent yeah, tape, right. all that stuff. So. I would love the idea of if you're sitting there at 81 and you haven't taken a defensive tackle yet, like that's get that dude in here, coach him up. And, you know, I think Deontay oh wrote his his sort of blurb in the mm-hmm. top 100 maybe and said he might be the second most talented defensive tackle in this class behind Dylan yeah. Carter. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I love the idea of getting him at 81. And then we still have 104 in the fourth, which you picked up in this trade, and we could probably get a linebacker. We were only doing three rounds for this exercise, so – that's fourth round pick. We didn't get to it, but man, you still got 104, 152, and the two second, the two six rounders, uh, 183 and 194. So that's uh pretty good. Pretty good draft. Pretty good haul, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. you can make it work. The biggest question is, is there a logical partner for you uh to trade down from six? Yeah. And I don't yeah, honestly, looking at this today, I don't think there will be, but you never know. Yeah, I don't either. You never know. I, I mean, I've I've said that before 
that I think it's impossible, and then it's very possible on draft. You know, then it comes up, and you're like, oh, yeah, they could absolutely do it right now if they wanted to, and then they don't, or whatever, for whatever reason. But uh, the one that I like the best is the next one here, and then these are the last two, and they're like kind of like the same. But we did the choose-your-own-adventure um, because I wanted to test the price of what it would cost to go get Will Anderson. Like, if, if we think that the quarterbacks are going to go one and two, and he's at three, and Arizona is in the situation they're in, which is they need – Draft picks. They just need picks. Anderson is an elite player. Maybe the most elite player in this draft. I think he's number one. Dane has him number one, and I do not disagree. Like, I think he's the best football player in this draft class. Um, In the same way that I think you could make the argument Aiden was the best one in last year's, right? They're very similar in what they can bring to the table. They're different players, but whatever. The price to go up and get him was not that high. And if that is a thing that is on the table, that is what I would do. <laughs> that is what I would do because if Colton, if you put Aiden Hutchinson with Will Anderson, you have taken the two most, I don't want to count say dominant because Sauce Gardner was in, in, involved as well in that conversation, but like the two most productive, dominant front level defenders in college football <laughs> over the last two years. And now you're, they're your core of your defense. Yeah. Like, that's nuts. I don't know it's what you would say about that. Yeah. It's, You'd it's be done on defense after that. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah, right. There's nothing else to do, really. But we no. still gave a few more. Honestly. We actually did. Yeah. I don't hate it. <laughs> but it's like, um, but yeah, first, they, they, yeah, they'd be perfect yeah. together. I think they complement each other in ways that we wouldn't even quite be able to see yet. Yeah. Um, man, like... The idea of Hutchinson and Will Anderson is just like Aaron Glenn's probably like, go get me that dude, like right now. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, if it's possible, that's what I would do. And Holmes went to Alabama's pro day, I Absolutely. think last week, um, and he told us, you know, I don't get to make it out too many pro pro days, so I'm glad I was able to go to that one. And that's one where obviously you have more than one big name prospect. Um, so that was, that was kind of a way to kind of see multiple guys that he might like in the draft. But at the same time, yeah. man. They're going to like Will Anderson a lot. Oh like I'm God. sure a lot of these not? coaches. How can you not? Yeah. And if you have a chance to go get him, I think the only question here is like, is that going to be enough? And honestly, yeah, even right, as we were exactly. doing it. I, it probably wasn't. Yeah. I don't think so. And and here's here's the math on that. Um, so we gave up six and 48, which is per the Rich Hill chart, 567 points of value. And mm-hmm. we gave that up for number three, which is only 514 points of right. value. Um, so you're talking about, you know, 50 we points there, but th- that's probably the equivalent of like, what's 50 points, like a third round maybe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the Cardinals, if this were to work, would have to give us a third to have equal value <laughs> along with number three. So that's sort of what we're talking You'd about. You'd have to overpay. To but yeah, yeah. But, um, the reason why we were okay with doing this is because there's going to be a bidding war if they're going to trade number three. Like they're not, I don't think. Even six and forty-eight gets it done. Like you might yeah. have to throw in more just right. to sweeten it and overpay by like a hundred plus points just to get a deal done. We only overpay right. by like fifty points. So, um, looking at it today, it's probably light. Um, if they do want to sacrifice, maybe like a future third or like a twenty twenty-four pick in addition do to these it. two, maybe that gets it done. Like <laughs> yeah, you, you take do the it. third round that you got from Minnesota and the Hawkinson deal for next year. Right. Maybe you throw that in there too, along with six and forty-eight. So you basically actually because. You know, I'd that's up 55, which is in the Hawkinson deal. Um, 
So the Hakuta deal might set up for them to get right. Williams like, look, if they're not going to go and, and we think that they're not going to go and get Williams or Drake May or whatever, they're not doing that next year. They're mm-hmm. not going to take everything that they've that they've gathered and just throw it at a quarterback. If you're not doing that, you got two options. You can sit there and make and make uh, let those picks make more picks, or you can like pull them all in and go get another guy that's like not Caleb Williams or Drake May, but. The defensive version of that. Yeah. You could do that too if you wanted to, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a lot cheaper. It's going to be a lot cheaper. And lot cheaper. I don't know what it would cost, probably more than what we gave them, but I don't think it's impossible. And you'd probably have a bidding war, right? Because there's probably going to be people that mm-hmm. want to come up there and get Richardson, all this. Like there's going to be a lot going on there, and there's going to be a, a line where you're out. But I promise you that if the Cardinals are fielding calls for number three. The Lions are going to call them <laughs> because, like, there's no. How can you not? Like, how can you not? Just to see what it's right. Yeah, take, like the other right? one You're we did there was diligence. yeah. The other one we did there quickly was drafting Richardson, which is we did mm. the crazy one where we're like, okay, we gave you the dream scenario. Now let's <laughs> shock your system. <laughs> which again, I don't know. I don't think neither of us think that's going to happen. Neither of us think that's likely to happen. But neither of us would rule it out. And I think that again. If, if the price becomes something that's manageable and you think you can do this and you love this guy, that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. And I think that that's what this illustrates. I don't think it's – the more the closer we get to the draft, the less likely it is that I think Brad Holmes mm-hmm. will keep all of his picks. Like, Yeah, I think that's the best takeaway. You know, in, in, the first, in the first three rounds. Like, I don't think he just acquired you know, these extra, this extra capital just to – because we yeah we we saw him do it last year. He traded up multiple picks to go get Jameson. Like he has the resources to do the same thing if he wants to. Whether it's for Anderson, he traded up in the first year too. He did. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. Like he's got a history. Like we know it. <laughs> now he's he got loves the to do, do it. it again. Yeah. So he loves to do it. Sometimes they've had to pull him back in the trade room. Uh, Agnew's had to like tell him to sit down and like calm down. And he's like, yeah. don't do this. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> like. He wanted Levi to the was the one Levi, that right? he wanted to yeah. go get. Not in the first, but I think like up in the second, maybe even up more the than they went or whatever. Okay. Like, yeah, and it was they were like, Jesus, man, like take it easy. So he gets aggressive if he, he loves falls the guy, in love with guys, like he loves mm-hmm. these dudes. Like his, he has his guy sitting yep. there. He's paranoid that someone's going to grab him. Right, he's not going to be afraid to make a move. And yep. like if he, honestly, like with the way the roster is right now, it's really healthy. They don't have a ton of glaring needs. You like, can take a chance. Yeah, you can take a chance. Like you don't have to trade back and get like ten more picks. Like I don't know, some of those guys might even make make the make the team. Like you're gonna have to cut depth else, elsewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, it could be, you know, quanti- uh, quality over quantity. And yeah. if that's the case, go get one of the best players in the draft. Now, I, the other situation is, of course, quarterback and Anthony Richardson, and seems like that was the the least liked. Well, yeah, <laughs> uh, of scenario course. of all no these. One likes that Just, one. No one likes that one, but. I still understand it. If you can get a guy uh, to be your, the future of your franchise, he can be the backup to golf this year and maybe next year even. Um, ben Johnson will work for him for at least a year. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're a great place for him. And oh yeah, he steps they in, still he's are to play. Yep. He, yep. How old is he? Like 20, 21? Like 20. he's so young. He's yep. twenty years old. Like come on, he is Bryce's age more or less. Yeah, yeah. I think they're about so the same go. age on the months. Yep. So if you yeah, have to uh, and marinate in this offense, like I know we talked about a lot, but. The next three picks, even we we 
kind of give them help with some safer picks with like we just went Miles all defense, Murphy, yeah, right, yeah. And, and Dorian Williams, <laughs> and it still <laughs> so, ends up being a good haul. Like that's the yeah. point, right? Like you're I'm not wasting like things. Nothing is wasted. I think is the ultimate. Like people talk, why are you wasting a pick on Bijan? You're not wasting a pick on Bijan Robinson. How is the most player. elite running back to come out of the draft in years a wasted pick? Like it's not a wasted yourself. pick. So I think that that's what I would say. It's time you know they've collected and done their due diligence and. All this, uh, I think that on draft weekend is when it's time to splurge a little bit. Like, I think that they could take some swings. I wouldn't be shocked to do exactly what you said. I don't think they're going to keep all their picks. I wouldn't be shocked to see them take some swings um, and go get it because I think they're in, in position to do it finally. So, But I think that's it for this week. You got anything else, Colton, before we get out of here? We're no, good? again, we've said it so many times, but just the <clears throat> options they have is just it's kind of pretty good. <laughs> Pretty staggering, I actually. With, I yeah. did a big board with 35 names, and there were still people and in the comments saying, are, why yeah. didn't you say this name, this, this guy, guy, this guy, yeah. this guy? I'm just like, you're not I wrong. I know. <laughs> but it's crazy. It is crazy, but uh, we'll have fun over the next month here, breaking it all down as we get into crunch time with it, and all the focus heads to the draft. Fun time of year, of course, as always. But uh, in any event, I believe Friday, today and Friday, are the last days of our dollar sales, so go ahead and check that out. Uh, Please sign up for that. That's a great deal. Sign up for that. And it doesn't happen often. Very true in any event. Uh, But that'll do it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, For Colton, I'm Nick. Thanks again and take care. Mm -hmm.